Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the final episode of Female Footy Focus for season 2022, presented to you by Deakin University. Well, we're finally here. We're into grand final week. It was a massive past weekend of preliminary final actions with most results going as expected, but still a couple of curveballs. We'll be touching on those results, plus doing... Once more, a massive preview of each grand final being played out at H.A. Parker Reserve and Quamby Reserve as well. And we've got a special guest. We've got a guest as well, which I'll touch on later, but he is a special guest at that as well and isn't a coach from one of the teams playing in the grand final. But unfortunately, like I said, this is the final ever, well, final episode of season 2022 of Deakin Uni Female footy focus we hate that it's coming to an end but we're glad that grand final week is here i'm josh ward joining me today as he has for most of this season ryan long ryan must be excited grand finals are finally here yeah it certainly has and as you said it's just flown by the entire season i still remember the first one we did it seems just you know only a couple of weeks ago but you know it's, it's the season's just gone by that quickly and very excited to looking um Look ahead to next week's uh, grand finals. A big day Saturday. The prelims to look over as well, which um, just a conversation we had off air. I did tip all six of the, I think the six games, all six of the preliminary finals correctly. So I'm going for another six out of six this weekend, <laughs> but looking forward to it. And this guy, well, he's make, he's on his second episode of Female Footy Focus, but he's made himself known in the AFNL media team as the female footy guru. Thanks to one Wayne Brasher, and that is John Oven. Great to have you back on, JV, ahead of the a massive weekend of grand finals. I thought of you instantly when Brash said that, Josh. But uh, <laughs> g'day, everybody. Hope you're well. Grand final week, it's here, and I cannot wait to get started. Looking forward to the action at HE Parker, which, of course, we'll talk about. But uh, lots to get through, Josh. Definitely is. Let's start off with the result, preliminary final results, as Ryan touched on. He got all tips right, and, well, he didn't need to. Well, it's good to see that he got all tips right. But, I, uh, I haven't tipped much right all year, so I thought I'd have to pump my tyres up. That's just promising, right. especially after the predictions we made at the start of the season oh, for dear. the men's competition. <laughs> but let's talk about Premier A, Mount Evelyn, South Croydon, and, well... It was the Bulldogs, their third win of the season over Mount Evelyn. And it was their biggest victory of the season against Mount Evelyn. 6-6-42-3-2-20. Ryan, they come in with, you know, plenty of confidence into a grand final against Eastern Devils. Now that, you know, they defeated a side that they'd gone really close to in the first couple of meetings by, you know, 20 points. Yeah, it is. And I think this was, you know, a really interesting matchup that we spoke about last weekend and we didn't know which way it was going to go. Matt Evelyn probably struggled the last couple of times um, against the Eastern Devils where they just couldn't put much of a score on the board. I think they only kicked the one goal in, in both of those matchups. And then this weekend, uh, that was probably the the way we saw South Korea maybe beating them, being able to beat them um, you know, up forward and you look at the, the, the goal scorers there, Black kicked two after having a pretty quiet one last week um, in the in the win against Vermont. Um, Shanahan and McKellar also kicking two each. So 
they do have some forward options and they're going to need them next week because the Devils quite have, you know, obviously have quite a lot of options up forward. So they're going to have to play well again next week. But um, it's it's just a really you know, positive win. And we thought, you no, know, I said probably on clean conditions that they were um, a good chance of putting up a, a decent sized score. But um, it, it's a big win for the Dogs. And, and now they can focus on, you know, a, a grand final ahead, which they, they've got to play a side that they haven't really haven't really got near yet on the scoreboard so a lot of improvement to come next week but a fantastic win oh i think it's only real one really one quarter that they've faded away against the eastern devils go jv yeah i um i feel that south croydon will come with a lot of confidence into this match because throughout the whole season they've had regular players stand up and in finals you need to have those players stand up you know like the Maggie McKellars and the uh, and the Taylor Blacks so there's no doubt that they'll definitely rely on those players to um to get them over the line against the Devs definitely and unfortunately for Mount Evelyn it, it ends such a great first season coming across from uh, from the outer east. They're definitely gonna, they definitely should keep their their chins up because whilst they exited in straight sets, they, you know, they can say they were the only side to defeat Eastern Devils well, so far this season and in the home and away season. But uh, unfortunately, all good things have to come to an end, and it did this it did this week and. St- there's still plenty of promise for Mount Evelyn next se- next season, and I have no doubt they'll be going away from Premier A anytime soon. Now let's touch on the Premier B preliminary final. Whitehorse Pioneers getting over the line over the Basin, 7-12-54 to 5-6-36. Uh, a pretty good win for the Pioneers, uh, JV, after, you know, they went down by 37 points last week at the hands of Domval. Yes, indeed. It was a, a great win by Whitehorse. Their, um, you know, the usual suspects stood up like uh, like Fisher and Cowley, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with ne- uh, this, I was going to say next week, but this Saturday um, for sure in the Premier B Grand Final. And Ryan, for the Basin, it ends, well, a really inconsistent season for them, uh, do you reckon they'd be a little disappointed that you know they got close to the pioneers, but they just let it slip in this match? Well, yeah, and I think during the um, that Saturday we'll get updates from the game, and it seemed to be pretty close for majority of the match. I know we don't have the um, the three quarter time and half time scores on the website, but um, they would have you know they would have backed themselves to to really compete against Whitehorse, but. I think they probably had a bit of an a uh, bit of an edge um, in terms of uh, recent history against the Bears. I think they won probably now three of the last four times um, facing each other. But the big one was no Izzy Geitzman. Um, from what I can see, and you can correct me if she did play, but um, I can't see her there on the team list. And she's been really important for them, uh, crucial, you know, with with her goal kicking and and getting you know getting the side across the line sometimes. So. That probably proves it, you know, that they're not reliant on on one player and not 19 scoring shots really strong. Um, and they're playing up against, you know, a side that has a lot of stars. I mean, we've talked about Julia Baker a lot this season and she's been, you know, phenomenal. Um, Zoe Olsen probably, uh, you know, a contender for the best and fairest. Brooke Priest last year won the best and fairest. You know, Jamie Monk, um, uh, quite a few stars uh, that, 
have played really good football at times. And um, at, at, I rec- I mean, it, it's it's hard to be disappointed. You, you get to a prelim, uh, you've got to take it. And mm-hmm. same with Mount Evelyn as well. It, it's a hard thing to to do. And, um, you know, they they played well and just couldn't quite get over the line. And that's probably just more credit to Whitehorse. At least they can say one thing, the Basin, the Basin women's fans, they, they got a couple steps further than their men's side after uh, that got eliminated over the weekend uh, against your beloved Hawks, Orion. Speaking of the Hawks, Roville facing off against North Ringwood. This was a really good contest. North Ringwood, you know, it was scrappy for the first two quarters. We were checking the scores out of Quamby Reserve and check, just seeing three to two at half time. It was, you know, really low scoring. Roville hit the front, I think, during the th- third quarter and never looked back. But she's North Ringwood. That gave them a bit of a challenge. Did did North Ringwood Ryan and still definitely plenty of positives for the Saints out of this game. I reckon. Uh, yeah, 100%. I think if you want to look at for one side to watch out or to look out for in, in 2023, I think it's the Saints. I think they've improved a lot. Um, you know, they're coming off that flag win in uh, 2019 before the whole uh, the pandemic in 2020 and haven't been able to, to get out and play for a full season. So um, it was going to take a bit of time to adjusting to the, to the new grade in the last two seasons, but they've done well and they've pushed um Roval uh, who have been more than impressive all season so it just shows that they've started to close that gap on the top two they they'll back themselves next year to to um to get a win over over Roval or Park Orchards whoever's still in the division and and really compete for a grand final spot next season but um you know as we've touched on all year Roval is just you know they're class they're quite experienced um a bit of an older list um compared to some of the others so uh look they're they're going to be a hard side stop. Certainly agree with you, Ryan. I mean, North Ringwood are a great side. We had them for a match of the round earlier this year. And, uh, well, yeah, they were they were really good. So they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in 2023. A very highly anticipated, anticipated pre-season to come for them. It definitely is. And if they get, yeah, just some of the right players for, well, some players, mainly up forward, I reckon. They need a forward. They've got plenty of targets, but if they got like a a finisher like some in, like some sides in lower divisions, like say Nicola Davidson, Hayley Thompson, or you know, your Georgia Alex- Alexanders, or your Danielle Brodos from Roval, all these types of players, or one of, the, you know, a clinical forward, then I reckon they'll definitely be a force to reckon with. But JV for Roval, is this, you know, the type of performance that they need heading into a a grand final against the side which defeated them, well, in very close fashion not so long ago? It was very close, and I'll tell you what, that game was as much it was as much as it was an epic, it was definitely a learning experience for um for the losing side, of course. And I reckon I reckon Leanne Gill, the coach, just rallied her troops and they are ready to roll after a resounding victory on the weekend. I've got a good feeling about this. If if I'm a Roval supporter, I'd back them in for sure. Definitely. Uh, well, they only lost. They've only lost one game this season, and you know they were unbeaten the whole home and away season. And 
you know, they'll, they'll consider themselves a big chance and it's going to be an exciting match out at AJ Parker Reserve. That's for sure. Division 2 preliminary final now. East Ringwood and Surrey Park. And, well, it was a first-half clinic from East Ringwood. Five goals to just the one behind to set up a big victory over the Panthers. 7-4, 46-2-4-16. Ryan, you know a bit about East Ringwood. They, they clearly just showed their class against the Panthers. Yeah, they have, and they've probably done that, you know, across the season um, you know, against most of the sides below them. Uh, you know, it was pretty much a comfortable win that was locked up at half time, and you know, some of their their top end talent, are really strong players, and Davidson probably didn't even have to to impact the game as what she usually does. Didn't hit the scoreboard, um, which is a, a, I think a really positive sign because um, a lot of other players stepped up. McNamara has been fantastic. Um, you can talk about Ken's Taylor. She's been really good as well. Uh, the two Thompsons have been uh, really strong, um, been able to hit the scoreboard for them. Um, Mia Ward was good in the best on the wing. So they've got a lot of talent. Um, I, I Look, it's, it's, it sets up a really interesting game come grand final day because it was hard to sort of get the best read on um, that match last week that we were out at just because the conditions were mm. you know really poor. The ground wasn't, you know, the greatest. It was quite wet. So it was a bit of a low-scoring scrap. But that second half, their forward pressure and they seem to be able to move the ball a lot better than they did in, earlier on in the game. So, look, it's it's an interesting game all set up for Saturday. And I'm, I believe it's, you know, should be, I think it's 19 degrees or something. So, and, and no rain. So it might be a much more open game, which I think is exciting because both sides can hit the scoreboard. And I'm very excited because I'll be out of Quamby, spoiler alert for all the listeners, and I am very excited to see Knox East Ringwood. For Surrey, though, JV, well, I could ramble on about them, but I'll go to you for this. Uh, there's still a bit of positives for them to take out of this. You know, they they broke it. They kept it. Uh, well, I think they won that second half by, by one point, but it was just that start that let them down. Yeah, um, I suppose so. And, it's all about getting the fast start, you know, in women's footy, mm-hmm. you can have um, a few goal lead and depending on the pace of the game, it's, you know, you could, you could lock it up. It's not, it's not to say you should feel confident after you've got a, um, a lead of that size, but um, a lot of positives to look at um, in that regard that they had a good second half. Look, um, I guess it's in one way back to the drawing board and they'll draw on that at that second half because they have to, every club has to use their last game as a catalyst. And mm-hmm. this is going to be um, crucial for the Panthers if they're going to have a successful 2023. Yeah, it's it's great to see the women's side do well this year, though. And nevertheless, they've you know risen from the ashes after such struggles last season with you know, not getting it, having pretty poor numbers each week and just to be able to, to get a team consistently on the park and performing like they have, it's still such a tremendous effort. And, you know, they've d- been able to do what the men have do- have done and, you know, c- get start winning con- games consistently, get themselves into finals. And it's it would be a really great culture down at Surrey Park given, you know, how well... All sides are do- all sides are doing down there. We they don't have an under 19s yes, but all sides are still doing terrifically. And 
Yeah, it's unfortunate this season came to an end, obviously, but still, yeah, it's it was always going to be not definitely a big tick, though, Josh, isn't it? Oh, it's a just massive to able, tick. just to be able to make a finals and and team and, and win, win one. one. It's it's yeah, it's it's it's, in, it's a really good result. And to and to even win one against well the side that was the second best side against Ringwood last year too, and they were all do- dominant in Division Two. But yeah, it, it's such a terrific effort from the Surrey Park girls into Division Three, the match of the round at Quamby Reserve between the Croydon North Mlock Kangarams and Coldstream Cougars. And well, it was a first half clinic but from Croydon North, eight goals to one. Five of which came in that first quarter to set up a big foot 57 point victory, 9 12, 66, 139. JV, I don't know if you caught any of that match, but yeah, it was it was just a clinic from Coin North. And not uh not definitely uh a game that was uh that was won due to individual performance. I uh, is it fair to say, Josh? Um I mean five individual I... goal kickers and uh you know, I suppose the 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 usual suspects standing up again uh, for the um, the home listed side in the Kangarams. And what else did you make of that game? You say it's a clinic, but is there um, anything more to add? It was a bit of a scrap for that second half, just because you know it was all again in Croydon North attacking half, but they just you know cold stream defence as it had all season. They they just stood tall and only conceded the one goal. In the end, in that second in that second half, and they came in the final quarter. Yeah, they didn't score anything, and you know, rarely had an inside their forward fifty. But just to keep Croydon North a, a very potent attacking side to to one goal plus the the nine behinds in the second half, that is a serious a seriously impressive effort. So, yeah, for Ryan for Coldstream, there's plenty of positives I reckon for them to take out of this, despite the despite the loss. Yeah, it is. And look, it was a bit of a surprise last week for me just to be just the same um, knockover Mitchum, which is the side they struggled with, you know, uh, the two times that they met during the season. They they weren't able to um, put much of a score score up against them and, and conceded quite a bit too. So, look, it's, it's a big success for them to get through to a, um, a prelim against a side that is just going through the motions if, you know, we can't credit Croydon North enough, but you know they competed well, and I didn't. I saw bits and pieces of the match and, and listened to the first quarter, and that seemed to be really where it was won and um, won and lost that that start, and that's the sort of thing that Croydon North can do. They don't need a lot of time. You can give them you give them five to ten minutes while they're you know playing well, and they they can tear open a game and, and win it very quickly. So, and I, we, we saw that against East Burwood earlier this season. So. It's a, it's a, a, a big positive for Coldstream just to be able to to make it there and, and compete well and and um, look there's a lot of fo- a lot of positives next week um uh, next year sorry but I Josh just asked you there were some injury concerns yeah um, from the Kangaroos perspective do you, who who were those players and yeah have we heard anything yet we haven't heard anything yet but but their leading goal kicker gabriel zapier and april jeeves were went down late on gabriel zapier she went down in the third quarter she got some strapping on her knee she they asked her they recommended her not to continue playing on she did play on kicked the kicked the only goal of the fourth quarter and, and re-injured her knee so 
it'll be interesting to see. I don't think I have my doubts that she'll be able to to play. I don't want to speculate, but I think it would be a big injury blow because it looked like she was on crutches to to at the end of the match. But yeah, and, and April G's a, a little later on. I think she got a, a bit of a hit. I think she should be okay. Again, I don't want to speculate, but there were some injury concerns for for Croydon North. So. Uh, and yeah, those two main injury concerns were to yeah, April Jeeves and, and Gabrielle Zapier. And if they lost those two, they would be massive blows for for the Kangaroos. A couple for Culture, in which I don't remember, but yeah, there were some big injury concerns for the Kangaroos. But I don't want to speculate. Hopefully, everything is okay. Hopefully, we do get to see Gabrielle Zapier and April Jeeves on Saturday. But yeah, those would be two big blows if they went out. Uh, a couple of the best players, Brittany Gretsch, three goals. You know, every time it was on the broadcast side, well, in that second half, she just showed off in front of herself and Trent. She, she literally did, took on three defenders one time and won, and then, you know, just put on the moves a little later on, defeating two defenders. I, I was really impressed with Natalie Laurie down back. There's a reason why she's been, you know, named in the best every game that she's played. She is a literal brick wall in defence, and she was just absolutely unbelievable, intercepting everything, kick-starting every attack. She even kicked a goal, and that goal in the first quarter too, that was one of the best goals I've, I've ever seen. Just eluding a couple of cold stream defenders, a really great pickup, and on the run too, kicking the goal straight through the big sticks from, from like, 35, 40 metres out. Cannot, I do not have enough praise for her. She is just an absolute star. And, you know, Rachel Hewitt, I was really impressed with her first quarter. Kicked two absolute stunners to, to from, from a cold stream side of things. Naomi Lagaway-Allen was really good in Ruck. I was really impressed by her. Holly Duke showed glimpses of, of what she can do. She... With ball in hand, she's consistently threatening. Taylor Street as well. She is such a terrific defender midfielder and one to watch for the future as well. Monique, Monique Hewish as well. She has just got such a thumping left boot from defence. So they've got plenty of stars for the future as well. And Courtney Madeley as well. I thought she was really good in defence. But yeah, Croydon North set up a date with East Burwood in the Division 3 Grand Final. It was great to see, great to see them doing really well it, it was yeah it was just a bit of a clinic in the first half and well the final preliminary final in fourth division eastern devils black and sbl wolves teal uh, unfortunately sbl wolves teal great run towards the end of the season came to an end and eastern devils black season continued ryan that's two eastern devil sides in the grand final now this is such a terrific achievement for them yeah it certainly is and i'll let John, I touch on this more with um, more of an insight on the club, but they're uh, a really professional outfit. They've done everything right coming into the league. Um, there's just so much talent on both both lists, and it's a, it's a, a fantastic achievement. Um, and we we did sort of ride the wave with the Wolves. We thought maybe the with the momentum that they had, they could be able to to steamroll into a into a final series. But uh, it's probably just credit to to the Devils and the sort of side they are. But I mean, to, thinking about it, they were, I think, 0-5, um, the Wolves, or, or six, they lost the first six out of seven games. So mm-hmm. they've done an incredible job just to be able to get back into the finals contention and then um, make a prelim final. But, yeah, as I'm sure John 
would be able to touch on. Um, the Devils are just uh, a really classy side, and um, they're going. They're going to be hard to beat come Grand Final day. Well, everybody, uh, for the first time in the club's history, both teams will compete on Grand Final day, and uh, what a man, what a momentous occasion it will be. I completely agree with everything you say uh, about the team. Ryan, they do have a lot of professionalism about them, that's for sure. But if we look at the uh, the scorecard, well, Mel Murray, she is fantastic in front of goals. Every time she kicks a goal, it's just a great one. And she knows where the big sticks are, incre- incredibly reliable in front of goal, just like a, a Chloe Hunt in the, in the Premier side. Um, Dom Strickland kicked two, and Kelsey Reid kicked one, which uh, was uh, a pretty big goal and an awesome one from the boundary. So good to see uh, Reedy, of course, the, uh, the leading goal kicker from uh, the, uh, from the division four uh, standings, of course. And well, it's going to be an interesting game against uh, Vermont uh, this weekend, which we'll talk, talk on a little bit later. Gents. Yeah, we will. And yeah, just back to SBL Wolves, Ryan, it, it is a terrific achievement. They did lose, uh, I think it was six of their first seven. Their only win coming against Baronia's reserves. And it's a terrific achievement just to rise themselves up from the ashes as well and make finals. And unfortunately, it came to an end, but Eastern Devils back. They really are such a professional outfit. And I do not have enough praise for them. They've just done absolutely terrific. And can't wait to see how both sides go on grand final day. But for now, though... Let's go to our interview with well he is the the king of the media team i'll i'll come up with plenty of synonyms for him jv hey just before you go to this josh you mentioned in the intro that while he's not a coach of a team he is a coach of our team he the is the FNL media team he is the coach of our team and that is matthew fodia sit back ladies and gentlemen relax and enjoy our chat with him. Joining us this week is the Doyan of the media team. He's created the entire EFNL Podcast Presents channel, brought in the Deakin Uni Women's Match of the Round alongside the Men's Match of the Round. I could go on, but I, w- I won't go on. And has somehow managed the scoundrels of the EFNL media team. And that is EFNL media manager, Matthew Fodia. Matt, I have a question off the bat, which we've been talking about this a little bit the last couple of days and where does it being a guest on one of these podcasts and not hosting it it's a, it's a little bit different josh to uh to not do that little spiel that you've just done and read something off the laptop in front of me Matt, but it's enjoyable and i actually enjoy being a guest a little bit more there's less thinking you don't have to think ahead you can just react which is uh sometimes a little bit easier yeah and it's a lot easier being in my being in my shoes having to come up with questions for well essentially your boss for the year for now anyway let's get into let's just get into the, the meat of the bone meat of the sandwich um you know this season we we just had the junior grand finals now this week we we have our first set of you know women's grand, well senior grand finals with the women's grand finals this week what's the feeling amongst the staff out at EFNL house uh, it's it's a very different time, time, time because it, naturally you're very excited. You love the weather is usually heading up, although we've had a lot of rain this week. Uh, the weather's usually heading up. The sun's out, the birds are chirping, everyone's excited. So game days are quite exciting, but 
the in between weeks are quite sort of it's a little bit of dread because you, you're often working against the clock. There's a lot of things to do, as well as our organised presentation nights and and all the other little things that go around finals. But overall, I think deep down, uh, as all footy and netball heads, uh, we're all very very excited by the grand finals. It was good to give away some premierships for the first time in three years last Sunday or the Sunday before, and now we can uh, get into the women's grand finals this weekend, which should be really there's six really really good games and a couple of absolute battles on the cards. Yeah, there definitely is. And, you know, the two venues, H.E. Parker, Cornby Reserve, were they were there hard venues not to choose or were there other op- options to host the grand finals? You're always looking to spread the love. So, obviously, there's the five senior men's grand final venues, which are usually pretty stock standard. I know Mitch missed out in 2019 because of some works that were going on. Mm-hmm. So, Scoresby jumped in there. And, obviously, junior grand finals are spread around to a lot of clubs. But I think H.E. Parker is a magnificent facility. It's great viewing ground. Um, as we, we've both known over the course of the last two years, you know, with that balcony over the full pocket. And Quantum Reserve now, the surface is actually magnificent. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great actual reserve. There's so many grounds there. As an aside, um, with plenty of parking down the bottom there of uh, Wonga Road. But I think the, the surface there is magnificent. It might be, look, probably personally, I'd like to see a slightly smaller ground and obviously some elevation for our call team on, on Saturday. But overall, it's a fantastic venue. Yeah, and I've been out there the last couple of weeks. I'm amazed at how good the, the surface out there at Quamby is as well. It looks like it's changed a lot over the years as well. And, you know, you must be pretty excited too. You get to call your first couple of women's grand finals out at HA Parker Reserve alongside our guy, John O'Venn. Yeah, absolutely. We, it will be very exciting. I'm looking forward to all three of those games. It'll be good to see. The crowds too, one of South Korean are very, very good at getting behind their girl dogs. There's a great connectivity between the two factions of the club there. And, and then obviously the Eastern Devils is a bit of a weird one because in terms of members, they don't really have that many. Um, but I know that both sides love supporting each other, so I'm sure they'll be very vocal. And then you've got Vermont. Um, so no, I think only their 19s and maybe their reserves. I'll be honest, I haven't checked those letters. Uh, no, the 19s are definitely in the finals. Um, so they should be able to get across. Uh, some of those fans in, and watch their Division 4 side in the grand final. And then Park Orchards and Roval has been a great rivalry across this year, developing. Um, and obviously Roval had the week off in the senior men's and I think Park Orchards team was obviously looking to out on final. So we should get a bumper crowd there. So H.E. Park should be packed to the rafters. Yeah, definitely should. Out of those three matches as well, which match ex- excites you the most? Um... Um, to be honest, Park Orchards Roval, I think the last two games they've played have been uh, a draw and a one-point win to Park Orchards. Also, the fact that it's the 240 game, I know it's not in chronological order, but the 240 yeah. game has something about it. If things sort of build up to a crescendo rather than, you know, I'm sure that the first game will probably be a, an extra time thriller or something like that. No one really have woken up yet, but probably without, you know, casting aspersions on the other games, I expect that one to be the most hotly contested. Oh, it's going to, oh, I have no doubt, it will be really hot as well. We, yeah, we saw them a couple of weeks ago and it was just excellent to see such great, such great footy and Izzy Pollock, the GOAT as well, just absolutely dominating. And, you know, just this season as well, you, you've, you created this po- you created this podcast you came up to me start of the season and Jared Beanland as well asking if one of us would host would host this podcast and you came up with the women's match of the round two what made you you know come up with with these with this podcast and the women's match of the round I think the podcast it was clear that if we were going to start really pushing um, the podcast as a form of media for the media team obviously we've had podcasts in the past but not a consistent effort in that area and obviously we've taken a new look 
in, in that area. It was important that we had a, a female-only podcast because it was six divisions, you know, 30-odd teams, you know, some real stars burgeoning. It was it was time not to just throw them niceties at the end of each podcast. It was important to, to give it the attention it deserved. And then in terms of the match around, it was the obvious progression. I think we're the only league that does a women's match around. Ideally, we'd like to do more. And obviously, we're going to be broadcasting every single one of the grand finals on Saturday. Um, but it was just an obvious move to... to you know, broadcast those games. Ideally, you know, there's a few things that we'd like to sort out. Obviously, uh, the fixturing, we'd love to see everything match up so we could get the whole media team there on some occasions, like we did at Mother Mullen for Madoc round. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, the certain grounds that we've been to this year, you know, we, we haven't usually done in senior games. So testing out internet uh, issues and broadcast positions and so on, but which has been really fun. And it's been a great opportunity from media team point of view to promote yourself. Trent Cowan, guys like that, and give you guys commentary experience as well. So we've been really, really happy with the viewers we get. We often get more viewers on the women's game than the men's game. And also the, the, the feedback we've got from women's players and women's coaches. You know, There have been some that have been frustrated. There's not more coverage, and I empathise with them, but a lot of it has been um, really receptive and really thankful that we're the first league to really um, put women's footy you know, in front of people's eyes. Yeah, and... It has given us great opportunities as well, and you know some of the younger, well, the younger members of the media team. We couldn't be more grateful that you came up with this stuff as well. I wish we could increase the coverage as well, but yeah, it's been great just learning more about the the women's competition. And for those that don't know yet, uh, explain how the whole coverage of the grand finals will happen this Saturday as well. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for those who don't know, on Facebook, you can only have one stream going at any one time. So ideally, we would have six different streams at all times, but obviously with two venues and games going concurrently. All games at Heathmonts, HA Park Reserve will be on Facebook and YouTube. You can put as many streams as you like on YouTube. So all three and actually four of those games, because the Men's Veterans Grand Final is there as well, will be streamed on Facebook. And then over on YouTube, every single game will be. So if you're looking for those Columbia Reserve games, which is the Division 3 game between East Bird and Croydon North Emlock, the Division 2 game between Knox and East Greenville, which is also a tasty game that I'm sure you're looking forward to, Josh, mm. and the Premier B game between Donvale and Whitehorse at Columbia Reserve, as well as the bets between Shanside and Moorabuck. They're all on YouTube only. Unfortunately, just that's just the way it works. Uh, and then whilst every other game at Heathmont's HG Parker, which is uh, the Eastern Devils of Vermont, the Eastern Devils in South Korea, Park Orchards Roval and North Ringwood and Coldstream in the Men's Veterans, they'll be over on our Facebook as well as YouTube. So it depends how people like to watch it. Usually people that are settling in to watch the whole game uh, will choose YouTube. It's a bit more reliable and is usually uh, a lot more accessible on TVs, on smart TVs. But some people, you know, might have an iPad or a phone whilst they're away on holidays. They might be, you know, <laughs> at another game of local footy or, or even those members that may have to be hosting their own senior finals or, you know, watching other sides in finals uh, that want to stay tuned. They can obviously watch on Facebook as well if need be. Yeah, and, you know, very excited about all the... Yeah, definitely excited about the matches out of Quamby Reserve and, yeah, all the matches in general. They should be absolute ripper matches. Well, that's all the questions I've actually got for you, Matt. Uh, you thank don't you. want to give me my... You don't want my tips? Oh, my tips why not? Why not? Why not? You brought, you, brought them up, you brought them up. Who do you reckon wins each grand final then? Well, are you doing your tips later with, with the lads? Yes, doing them later. You are, okay, okay. Well, I'll leave it I'll leave it there then for you. I won't get your tips. I think Division 4, I'm going to go with Vermont. A little bit of the 
you know, I hope Eastern Devils fans are angry, but I'd like to, to see uh, at least one Eastern Devils side lose. Uh, we don't want to see them just come across a dominate, and Vermont won pretty handily. Yeah. Um, that last game, I think Eastern Devils will be hurt by the fact that a lot of their, some of their players double up, um, and that's going to be quite hard on grand final day. When they play back-to-back games, you don't want the Premier grand final side hurt by the fact that half the players were playing Dick four. So yeah. I'm going to go Vermont in that one. Div three... I've heard a few things that Corey North have got a few, had a few injuries on the weekend. Yeah, and you can Gabriel Zappi. Gabriel Zappi and East, Michael, mm, uh, So East Berwick, especially with Cecilia Baldarassi back in the outfit, I think the Rams will get the job done there. But that one, I think it'll be high scoring. It's definitely high scoring. Both sides have plenty of goals in them. Division 2, Knox East Ringwood. I've got a funny feeling East Ringwood might get them. You know, East Ringwood, they uh-huh. played a really... There was six to eight weeks there, Josh, where they were the dominant side in the whole of the six competitions. Yeah. So um, I think they've got some firepower. But having said that, Knox have only lost one game all year. But it was only two points of difference last time. So mm-hmm. East Ringwood's my smoky. Or not my smoky, but my only dog. Uh, Division one, this one's a, a toss of the coin. You know, Roval didn't lose a home and away game, but Park Orchard seemed to have had their measure um, over the last two games, albeit by a total of one point. Um I think I'll go with Park Orchards, just Izzy Pollock uh, seems to love the, the big time. And then the two Premier games, I think Don Bale, if they're at full strength with D'Amato, Ben Wick, Wolf, Jassix, uh, Crundle, I think they've just got too much star power for Whitehorse. And then East Devils have been the dominant side yeah. in Premier Division. So hopefully for, for mine and Jono's sake, it's a close game. Although Jono is a man, East Devils man, so he'll probably be supporting a thumping. And I know South Korean will have big crowds out there, but I think the Devils will get it done. Yeah, there will be big crowds, but I think, yeah. Well, I'll give my tips later, but I'd be leaning more towards your your likings, Matt. And yeah, there's six absolute rippers. And whilst you can watch them, of course, on Facebook and YouTube, which we would, which we would love if you want, if you're down in the in the North Ringwood area, and if you're down in Heathmont as well, get down, get down, and support female footy. It's been a great well, female footy in the eastern suburbs. It's been a great season, and it's all going to culminate with some really well really epic grand finals well well and at all times with the aflw kicking off well as well mate so why not yeah. watch the stars of tomorrow why not yeah why not watch more why not much watch more women's footy continue to <laughs> to grow and to continue to grow in the eastern suburbs well matt thank you so much for taking some time today Anytime, and Josh. cannot wait for well can't wait to see you on friday as well for the weekend forecast looking forward to it mate I'd like to thank Matt for joining us this week uh, to talk about a massive weekend of action in the AFNL Women's Competition Grand Final Weekend, as we've touched on plenty of times. JV and Ryan, I've got a question for you two, fellas, as I asked Matt off the top of our interview. How weird was it having me in the hosting chair and having him in the guest chair? I'm sort, of, I'm sort of used to you being in the hosting chair, Josh, um, with this, but it's just weird seeing Matt being the uh, being interviewed instead. So, bit of a bit of a different vibe, but he, I think he liked it. I think he did. JV, a great listen. Uh, I reckon everybody, uh, fantastic interview, Wardy. Well done. Um, I'm looking very much forward to calling with him this Saturday. There's a lot to unpack. Um, Hopefully, do you know? I I won't uh, dwell on too much <laughs> some contents from the interview, but nevertheless, it's uh... <laughs> it was a no, great. It's... 
It was, it was a yeah. great chat. It was a great chat. And again, cannot thank him enough for oh, not just giving him his time, but also creating, you know, giving the women's competition more coverage. It's it's helped people like us, like he said, you know, improve improve our skills in commentary. And, you know, it's helped. Well, it's definitely helped me, you know, hosting this podcast to, you know, improve my hosting skills. And it's been a great learning experience and cannot thank him enough. Now, let's preview this massive weekend of action. The grand final weekend. I cannot say grand final weekend enough. We're going to go to HE Barker Reserve first up. As Matt and JV have alluded to, both themselves, both of them will be calling these matches out there. These matches, as well as Matt mentioned in his in our chat, uh, that will be broadcast on both Facebook and YouTube. The links will be sent out a little later on. But the first match out there, the fourth division grand final, Vermont Gold versus Eastern Devils Black. First versus second, one of five grand finals, which sees first versus second. The second, Vermont Gold. They were the top of the table side, ten and two record, a very impressive percentage of five hundred and sixty percent. Not too sure if that's right, but that's a seriously impressive percentage. Uh, Holly Flanagan was their leading goal kicker, nineteen goals. Tegan Doran was very close behind at eighteen goals in six matches. So really impressive season for her. She did play a couple of Premier Division games as well, but she really made her mark in. Fourth division, Eastern Devils Black, as we alluded to before, one of two, one of the, well, one of the two Eastern Devils sides playing grand finals at HA Parker Reserve. Uh, second, they finished ten and three, a percentage of one hundred twenty nine point five four percent. Kelsey Redu also has experience in both the in both the Premier Division side and the Fourth Division side, 20 goals, has kicked the one goal in finals so far. Thank you, JV, for those notes as well. The last meeting between these two was the second semi-final at HA Parker Reserve as well. Vermont Gold, 5-6-36, defeating the Eastern Devils 2-5-17. Alexandra Stark was best on ground for the Eagles that day, whilst Natalie Musket, she's also a key player for the Devils, was best on ground for them once more. Vermont have won three meetings, well, the last three meetings as well between these two sides. The average margin is 22 and a half points. JV, I'm going to go to you first. It's going to be a really exciting match out at, well, first match at HA Parker Reserve, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be huge indeed. And just as we were touching on earlier um, around the sides, that despite the fact that they lost, they had a really good second half and the devils uh, fit. They fit the bill perfectly in this instance. This is really going to fire them up and the jubilation after the final siren and the scenes after they beat the wolves. I'll tell you what, they're fired up. They're ready to go. And uh, well, it's going to be an absolute epic. Um, the three, one score line across the season when it comes to finals, Forget about it. This is this is a big this is a big game. I can't wait to call it. Bring it on. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Finals, as you know, myself and Blakey Tonsil's tenant have said plenty of times. It's a completely different game, and uh, it, grand finals in particular, completely different games. Ryan, do you have anything to add on this match? I think the other big thing is that 
with the Devils um, Premier side playing right after at the same venue, I think that sort of just builds sort of the excitement around the venue that you've got the two sides from the one club playing back to back. I think that helps. Um, I just remember um, even in twenty nine or twenty eighteen when the you know Baronia side in the men's had all three the nineteens reserves seniors, and you can see it in a lot of in a lot of men's and women's sides when when they get up uh, multiple games um, in grand finals or back to back with the same sides from the same club. I think it helps you get more people down to the grounds. Um, I, I just, I, I really do think that play, not, not that, you, you know, it's not going to be the, whether they win or loss, but I think that will be important just for the club um, and give them a real um, lift from, from the sidelines. And look, it's hard, it's hard to say that, you know, John makes a good point that the form line, the three, one doesn't, is, is pretty irrelevant. Um and I, I really think this might be one of the closest of the, the six grand finals. And are we doing tips now, Josh? Or are we, we are, are we doing tips. And at, the uh, end, and at the end of each, uh, when we do our tips as well, I'll be reminding our listeners of who Matt tipped for this match. Uh, well, for, well, for this game, he tipped Vermont. And I'm not going to dis- – he can listen back to the interview why he said Vermont. JV, does your heart lie with Eastern Devils or are you going to go with Vermont? It's a tough one. I, I, I don't know, but look, for the sake of it, I reckon we'll say the Eastern Devils will win. It's going to be a tight one. I, I can't put my finger on a margin, but I reckon yeah, it, it is going to be a great game. Like to the levels of, um, of Roeville and Park Orchards uh, a couple of weeks ago, even, it's going to go down to the wire. And as you said, Ryan, the doubling up, uh, sorry, the the back to back of the same club, it only improves the culture and the vibe around the venue. It's going to be a great one, but I reckon the Devils just. Ryan, I'm leaning towards the same way. Devils by three points, but I I really could go either way on this one. Vermont have had a fantastic season. They have, I'm yeah. Just oh, only just leaning towards the Devils. Oh, I'm still torn. I'm still torn. I I think Vermont will get a decent. I think Vermont will still get a decent following, just because I think that would be the only one of the only finals on the day for them. They'd want to get well, the the senior side at least, and you know, uh, both senior sides even want to get around them. And I reckon they'll get a decent crowd out there, so they'll be boosted by that as well. There's no doubt as well, uh, Wardy, that. Um, they'll look to to do exactly what they did last time and get off to that fast start. Definitely. So, and a fast start can catch. It doesn't matter who you are, whatever team you play for, whatever team you support, whatever code. A fast start can take teams off guard. So at the same time, the opposition will will need will need to respond to whatever comes. It's just it, it's just the way footy is. Yeah, I'm going Vermont. I'm going to play okay. the devil's advocate out of us three. I'm going to side with Matt. And I'm going with Vermont. I'd love to see Eastern Devils. So not get the devil. No, so not, not the, the devil. devils. I'd love to see the devils get up and win two grand finals. I just think Vermont. I just, they're going to have a bit. Yes. Finals is a different game, but they'll have that psychological edge knowing they've won those, those last three meetings too. And the second semifinal, I just think they'll get up only just, 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say one point. I'm going to say one point, though. It's going to be the exact margin as the Royal Park Orchards match. And I'm sure it's you and Matt will enjoy, this. and I'm sure you and Matt will enjoy calling that the second game. Yeah. As, as we've alluded to as well, the Eastern Devils doubling up with the first two games against South Croydon. They've been terrific all season, the Devils. And are there a big chance of, of you know, sit, putting the cherry on top of their season with a grand final victory. Uh, they finished first, 13-1 record, a seriously impressive record. Shelley Beggs, what a superstar up forward she is. 44 goals from 14 games. One of the only, one of only a few we've given the nickname Guess Who to as well. She is such an absolute star. There's stars everywhere. Ashley Allsop, Chloe Hunt. Yeah, Shelly Beggs Trustiest as well. left boot in the business, in my oh, opinion. Oh, she has a thumping um, left boot. JV, go ahead. Look, so the last um, the last regular season the Eastern Devils played, they featured in a grand final against the St Kilda Sharks in the uh, Southeast Women's competition and narrowly lost that one. In 2020, prior to the 2020 preseason, it was the year of unfinished business. And unfortunately... We had to uh, stop everything uh, everywhere. And, uh, well, so 2022, that momentum carries on. It's going to be a big game. I think the Eastern Devils will uh, lift that cup on Saturday afternoon. Definitely. And, well, South Croydon, though, they're not going to be any easy beats, Ryan. It's just one quarter fade-outs, I reckon, from South Korean, which has left them down against Decent Devils. We saw them out at the NIDOC game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep up with them. And if it is a shootout, I reckon they can match it with the Devils. Well, you're right. And even last week, I think they had a bit of a slow start. I think Mount Evelyn um, hit the lead before quarter time. And um, after that, South Korean were able to work themselves back in the game. But you're right. Against the Eastern Devils, who have proven to be a four-quarter side, you can't have any sort of lapses, so they've got to be on for for a full four quarters and and be able to put the um when they when they do have momentum, be able to score and and you know hurt the Devils when they can. Um, they do certainly you know have got to do something to cut back these margins. Um, they do have the attacking weapons. We've talked about Taylor Black all season. Um, Shanahan's been really good this final series last few weeks, so they do have their own um uh, own ability to score. Um, mm. but they're probably going to have to really win that midfield battle. And they've got to put pressure on the Devils' defence, which has been really strong all season, but they've got to be able to win that um, midfield battle and just hope that they can um, use that to to, um, to their advantage and put the um, score on the board. Um, in saying all that, as good as they've been, it's just too hard to tip against the Devils. They've just been, you know, the standout side all year. Um Hopefully it will be a pretty close game and an entertaining one at that. But mm. um, you know, it, you've got to give credit to the Devils where you know where it's due. They've been just outstanding. Just going back to South Croydon for a minute. Someone like Taylor Black. I mean, be interesting to see if there's a grid somewhere that can tell you how many times she's been in the uh, the Deakin University EFNL Team of the Week. <laughs> It's been on the EFNL socials. She is a regular, and it just is a testament to how good she's been uh, for the Bulldogs. She's going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. 
um, as the team in black and white go up against her and a whole host of others. Definitely, definitely will be, and maybe we should maybe. Next time I see Matt, I might ask him if how many times she's been in the team of the week. Last reading as well between these two. Eastern Devils comfortable winners, 9 4, 58 2, 5, 17. In round 13, out of Cheong Park. Chloe Hunt kicked three goals. As JV said, the most reliable left foot in the business, well, in the women's competition, Jazz Harrison. De- the Devils best on ground, Chelsea Wilkinson. Just business as per normal. The Bulldogs best on ground. The Devils have won the three meetings between these two sides so far. The average margin is 42.7 points as well. So 50 points the first meeting, 37 points at NIDOC, at the NIDOC game, and 41 points the last meeting. Uh, well, we've got Ryan's tip, Matt's tip, just a reminder as well. It was the Eastern Devils. JV, I'm assuming you're going to go with the Devils? I'll go with the Devils. I will say <laughs> the Devils will win by, I reckon, 20-plus uh, it's, 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 it's going to be, it, it's not, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a close tight knit contest, but I reckon in the last term, I reckon they'll kick away. Yeah, I think, I think 20 points It's going to be very tight again, finals, a very different game, but mm. I think again, that no psychological that. helps, uh, psychological helps helps. And I think the, the Devils, they're just too good, and they thoroughly deserve a, tro- a, a premiership trophy, and I really want to see them lift one up the third game. Well, JV, we saw this game a couple of weeks ago, and we get to see it again. Oh, you get to see it again. The Park yes, Orchard Sharks and the Roeville Hawks. Park well, Hawks- I watched it. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, all right, let me just... Briefly run through the details of both sides. Park Orchard, second second on the season. Ten wins, one loss, one draw, which was against Roval as well, which was against Roval as well in their second meeting. A percentage of three hundred and sixty-three point oh eight percent. Alana Bowell, nineteen goals, their leading goal kicker, their stars. You know, they've got Izzy Pollock, they've got Katie Bertoldi, they've got they've just got stars everywhere. Georgia Livingston as well. Alana Bowell, who played a bit more of a higher up role when we saw them and just so much talent. So do Roval. They finished the home and away season unbeaten. 11 wins, no losses, the one draw. Percentage of 396.88%. Danielle Brodo, 33 goals on the season. Jade Wise also had a great season in front of goal with 24. Mietta Kendall, she's a VFLW-listed player, has plenty of talent. Their last meeting, well, I'm going to repeat it again just because we love to, just because I love to repeat it. Roville 8250 defeated by Park Orchard 7951 Park Orchard's down by a bit in the final quarter kicked the last two goals inside the last 5 minutes to get the win. If you want to catch up on that match, check out the replay on the EFNL's YouTube and Facebook page. Izzy Pollock four goals was our best on ground and pretty much confirmed her as the goat. Brianna Clark was named the Sharks best on ground. Daniel Brodo had three goals. Mietta Kendall the Hawks best on ground. There have been three meetings this season between these two, one apiece, one apiece in terms of wins and the one draw, an average margin of 14.7 points. But the last two matches, it was a draw and one, and one point. I'm going to go to you first, Ryan. This is going to be an epic matchup. Yeah, it was. And I think at the start of the season, we 
we penciled this in as a, a potential grand final. And um, even we can go back to that first meeting they had that Park Orchards with all those outs were still, you could just see that, you know, they were building something special with the way they moved the ball and their, all of their star players. I kind of look at this game as a bit of a sort of an experience versus youth sort of um, type situation. Um, Roville probably got, you know, a few, a few more older players um, who, you know, I think there was a, I can't remember the percentage, but there was a, a quite a fair few that are actually teachers, um, high school and primary school teachers and that. So um, compare that to probably a more younger list at Park Orchards. It's, it's a fascinating battle. Um, it, it, look, both sides can score big, and we've seen that the last couple of times they've played each other. Um, Izzy Pollack, as you mentioned, just an absolute star. Just the way she uses the ball, um, and, you know, a very courageous uh was able to be able to kick four that last time they played and was the difference in the end. They've got to put some time into her, um, stop her influence, but you've also got to watch out for, you know, um, as you mentioned, Rukavina and Bertoldi and Panzer and a few of those players who have, who have really stood up. Uh, look, I think it's going to be, I think both sides are going to, I think it will be a bit of a shootout again. I think I'm expecting nine, 10 goals each in, in um, pretty good conditions, hopefully for Saturday. You may, th- I, I'm, you know, for the Hawks to win, I feel like Brodo probably needs to have another big game as she did in that qualifying final. I think she kicked the three. She probably needs another three or four um, if the Hawks are to get up. But I just, I, just from what I've seen in Park Orchards, I'm, I'm going to back the Sharks in just the way they finished this second half of the season has been really strong. Um, and they have that sort of star power that is just, you know, players that are just made for the big stage on grand final day. Maybe you should be the media representative down at Park Orchards for the women's side, Ryan. I know how much you love the Sharks, and I, I, I've come to respect them a Josh, lot. Josh, I don't want to be tipping against Roville again, and I, I feel bad that I don't think I'll be welcome at CBA. <laughs> you don't want to be, so just don't. We um, don't want, we, yeah, we, neither of us want to be welcomed down at CBEC Oval, JP. Look, before I want to get uh, into that, at the time of recording, let's have a look at the weather forecast, the low of seven and a top of 18. It is going to be an absolute belter at HE Park or just general at the moment. Well, just generally, it is going to be a perfect footy day. But going back to this game, I mean, wasn't it just special? Those, those, those past, that game in the past couple of weeks. What a game to call. I mean, it was neck and neck. It was almost it was almost a certainty to happen uh, given what happened uh, in their meeting previously. But the interesting thing to know about Roville is that uh, Daniel Brotto didn't score in the game against the uh, North Ringwood Saints. But I reckon we're in for a very big performance from from her and uh, a whole host of others as well, especially Hanine Bukarum. It'd be interesting to see what she can do. Um, definitely moves the ball well uh, in the midfield and on the wing. Look, I'm going to tip Roville and it's going to be, I reckon, by a goal. I think after the siren, this is the one game I forgot which Matt tipped. And I think it was Roville. I think it was Roville, but just because I don't want just because I don't, and I hope Ray doesn't hate me for this. And I hope I'm welcome down at Seabeck Oval. I'm tipping the Sharks. I I was seriously impressed with them when we saw them, JV. And I just think 
whilst they're going to be bad and bruised, I reckon, Roval, after such a, a scrappy game against North Ringwood. And, you know, I just feel like they've slightly fought, fallen off the wagon. Whilst they might enjoy the beautiful conditions, I, I reckon Park Orchards will enjoy it more. Uh, they just, on that day, before the, you know, before a bit of the wet weather came, well, mainly in the northern suburbs, um, two weeks ago, that is, uh, I think they really, it was all sunny and, and a little chilly, but I think they're going to enjoy these, you know, the wide, vast spaces and they'll get a decent following down at, down there at AJ Barker Reserve too. I know Wasn't the crowd electric though, like oh, a couple of weeks ago? It was awesome. Uh, and after that final siren, it was something that I'll never forget. But this weekend is a grand final. If you're a supporter of any of these teams at HE Parker, you've got to be there because to add to the atmosphere, it doesn't matter who you support, pick a side and get amongst it because what a day it will be at oh. HE Parker. Oh, it's going wow. to be it's going to be epic and cannot wait to see how it all unfolds. So despite the fact I'll miss out on it, one thing's for sure, I will definitely be catching the replay because it is going to be a really tight contest between these two. Now on to the three games at Quamby Reserve. So at HE Parker, as I mentioned before, it's going to be Matt and JV calling out there. Quamby Reserve, you'll be hearing my dulcet tones alongside Trent Callan out there once more. We did it last week, so we figured why not do it again this week. The first game, East Burwood, Croydon North, Mlock, third division. Both sides finishing 11-1 on the season. East Burwood finishing in second place with a percentage of 401.84%. Sarah Jones, their leading goal kicker with 32 goals, but they also have Cecilia Baldassar at their disposal. 30 goals in six games, as well as Holly Booth, who is a very talented player. Croydon North, Mlock, though. Gabrielle Zapia, their leading goal kickers, although she is under an injury cloud, so keep a close eye on that. Has kicked 54 goals on the season, though, including two last weekend, but was kept goalless in their la- in the last meeting between East Bird and Croydon North. But hopefully she does play. Hopefully she does. So keep a close eye on it. So, but she could miss. So I don't want to speculate again. But keep a close eye on those team lists. Gabriel G's as well, 33 goals on the season. Natalie Laurie at Brickwell. They've got stars everywhere. That last meeting was the second semi-final out of Quamby Reserve. Coin North Mlock 2517 defeated by East Bellwood 5939. That was also an early kickoff. Cecilia Baldassaro with two goals. Alana Antonalos with the Kangarams best on ground. Unfortunately, we don't have the Rams best on ground. Sarah Jones was kept goalless that game too. Three meetings so far this season between these two. Corey North Emlock have won the one, the middle meeting between these two by five points. Eastbell with the other two by 18 and 22 points. So there's an average winning margin of 15 points. Ryan, to you first. You saw them earlier in the year. I'm sure you're very excited to, you know, potentially catch glimpses of them this weekend. Yeah, I am, and it's it's similar to the Division One and Two Grand Finals, where they these two have been the, the best two sides undoubtedly all season um, in the division. And look, the the injury clouds, you know, we won't touch too much on it, but I think it's they're just such massive, important players um, to to Croydon North. And I think if they're if they're there or if they're not there, it's going to make a big difference because it's a lot of their scoring power and. Um, 
I think at their best, this is a. I think at their best, Croydon North are the side to to beat um, in Division Three, and certainly in that uh, qualifying finals. I, I don't think the conditions really suited them. Uh, you know, we've talked about you know it was, it was quite wet out there. The ground wasn't too great. It wasn't a a day for high scoring, um, despite Eastwood being able to kick the five goals for themselves. But on dry conditions, I think Croydon North are the most dangerous side, and you saw Josh what they can do in in very yeah. short time. And the earlier game during the season against the Rams, it was really a, a probably a 10, 15 minute patch in the third quarter that they just went bang, 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 bang out of the middle and just, um, you know, cut back a lead and ended up winning that game. So they're really impressive. Gretsch, as you mentioned earlier, Josh, is um, really key for them. Laurie, who came back in the side last week, she's very key as well. Um, she's just, as you said, a rock down back. Um, yeah, when she played um, off the halfback early that season, pretty much won in that game with a couple of big intercept marks late. Um, from an East Burwood perspective, uh, they've just been probably from day one as the, the side to beat. Um, Jones and Boldesere are such a, a powerful combination, which um, I think will really, you know, they're suited to this sort of finals football. I'm leaning towards the Kangarams, but... I mean, those injury doubts are a worry for me. If they're not there, I don't think they will win. But I'm just going to back them in. I'm going to back in the Kangaroos to to get home in a, another close one. JV, do you have anything to add? Well, um, I have to admit that uh, can't be everywhere always. But I'll tell you what, uh, it would certainly be. I'll certainly be keeping an eye on the scores uh, during your games out at Kwame Reserve. Um, Look, Croydon North Emlock obviously coming off uh, a huge win. They're going to ride that wave for sure. Um, you know, as we as we uh, as we spoke about, um, yeah, Cecilia Baldassare with thirty goals and, uh, and six had a very you know fast and furious period there. Six games and thirty goals. That's that's a lot of goals in those in those six games. So, look, it's going to be a fairly even contest, I think, despite Croydon at North Mlock's big win. I will say it's probably going to be another close one, you know, two, two heavyweights, I reckon. Mm, Croydon, M, Croydon North Mlock just six points, we'll say. Fair enough. Uh, Matt tipped East Burwood as well. And I think with those injury clouds, uh, again, speculation i don't want to speculate but i just think it would hurt them a little bit i'm gonna back east Bird. i'm back in east Bird there coin north are a terrific side here coin north are a terrific side don't worry ryan did tip coin north but i think east Bird just got too much class i'm really excited to see them and i think they'll get up knox east ringwood in second division first versus second as well plenty of stars everywhere the leading goal kickers have 24 goals each georgia alexander and Haley thompson we've got stars everywhere as i said sarah Plumridge, alona alo nicola davidson tegan hudson three meeting four meetings between these sides this season knox winning three east ringwood winning one Knox uh, winning the last time in the second semi-final at Quamby Reserve, 34-22-32-20. JV, this could be a bit of an interesting contest, I reckon, and a very tight one too. 
Well, every grand final seems to be. Um, it, it is going to be tight. Um, you know, you've got, as you said, you've got your leading goal kickers on even form. Anything can happen. Um, I, I feel, though, with Knox having the better winning position, uh, position and indeed percentage I think almost 350% there <laughs> I'd back him in still I reckon so I I reckon the Falks will get up Ryan do you have anything to add? Yeah it's an interesting one I think probably Knox have the maybe the psychological edge over them um, winning you know three of the four or three or oh, sorry two of the three contests or is it three of the four three of the four they've yeah. played so They've, you know, they've got the edge on them. They probably had the wood on this year, but I just think watching that second half, I feel like East Ringwood uh, a big chance to. Um, I don't know if you would even call it an upset. I think just they they've got a lot of star power, and I I really do think Davidson will have a, a real standout game after maybe a, a bit of a quieter one last week. Um, you know, we went over the names of like a, a Thompson and a McNamara, and they've got a lot of talent, and I just think. Um, on con- clean conditions, they probably may they might have a few more scoring options. Um, maybe do Knox have to rely on Alexander to kick three or four? But although she didn't, I don't think she kicked she a goal when they did. She beat, didn't play. Um, I don't think she, she didn't, didn't play. play. Yeah, so that's a that's a big in if if they can bring her in um, for the grand final. But I'm just going to lean towards the ruse in maybe an upset. Yeah, Matt did say it could potentially be a bit of an upset. He said there was a smoky East Ringwood. I don't think it'd be much of an upset, though. I'm back in East Ringwood. They've got too much talent, and on a dry day as well, I think they'll enjoy it. And the third and final match, Donval Whitehorse Pioneers in Premier B versus second once more. Donval, though, Ryan, they've been pretty much the standout all season, I reckon, and they've 3-1 and one against the Pioneers, 33-19 and 37 points. They've won their... Three win. They've won in their three wins this season. They're going to come in as red hot favourites. Yeah, and as they should. At times we thought maybe Whitehorse or the Basin, but it's hard to see Donvale actually losing while being at full strength and their forward line. They've got their you know, very. Uh, they've got a lot of options. Latino and and Destazio and Demato. There's a lot of people who can kick goals. They're very quick side vantage, which is just um, an absolute jet. She's very quick. Um, Crundle's been really important for them. Um, another question mark over Whitehorse is if um, does Izzy Geitzman play, not playing last week? Mm-hmm. Um, I think she has to play if they're to win. But um, just by the way, Don Val have gone this season, uh, they can really get a hold of sides and, and control the game. So I think they'll win, and I think they'll win by you know three or four goals quite comfortably. JV, do you have anything to add, and, and do you have a tip? I'm going to look. I think about someone like Georgia Fisher from the Pioneers and how good of a footballer she is. Um, how good of a footballer she's been. She's going to really be standing up for for White Horse. I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with White Horse. I reckon they've had they've had a really good season. Well, hopefully, Geitzman plays. Um, but even if she doesn't, I think they'll still be a force to be reckoned with. It's going to be, I mean, even though, you know, the last meeting was um, a reasonably big margin in, in Donvale's favour, I think, as I say, in any grand final, there's a good chance that either team can win. Um, I feel Whitehorse just, but 
Otherwise, the majority of me probably says Don Val, yeah. It's 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 hard to tell. Um, yeah, we'd love to get around to these uh <laughs> to these games. And I'll tell you what, Wardy, I'll be tuning in. Um, hopefully you guys get fired up for this one because it's gonna be good. It's good. it's gonna be really good. I do agree as well. I think it'll be ferocious and very tight. And a great thing as well, it's like a circle complete moment for me. The first game I did in the women's match of the round was Whitehorse Don Val. The final match I do is Don Val Whitehorse. So a great way to end the seat. So I'm back at Don Val. I've seen them play, I've seen them a couple of times, and they just look like a really good outfit at full strength. And I just think with that speed and the fact it's going to be, you know. Based on current weather conditions, it's going to be a really nice day. They'll love that. I really love that. And I think they'll get the win. But unfortunately, that does us for this final edition of season 2022 of Female Footy Focus. JV, it's been a pleasure having you come on late in the season. Thank you so much, mate. It has been a pleasure to be on with you guys for even though only two episodes. What a fantastic season it's been. It all comes to an end. Uh, not for me, unfortunately, as I've got another 15 grand finals to do or something or other, but nevertheless, <laughs> you guys will all be part of it. And you know what? This Saturday will be so special. No matter where you are, H.A. Parker or Quamby, get to a ground, support your t- pick a team, support your team, and just enjoy Saturday afternoon footy. It's finals for the first time since 2019. Get around it. My sentiment's exactly Ryan. You've been there since day one. Thank you, mate, for pretty much keeping me company all, all year and, you know, even hosting one week. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, thanks, Josh. It's been a fun uh, um, a fun year and um, looking forward to these grand finals on the weekend. And, and thanks again for hosting and, and getting this show running. And, and it's been a pleasure hosting. I wish it couldn't end, but unfortunately, like all thing, good things, they have to. But don't worry, we'll try our best to get one going for next season as well. But thank you for all who have tuned in to this season of Deacon Uni Female. Football.